the porphyry at Waitangi Marae. The women do the karanga, the first call to manahiri or visitors on the paipai or forecourt. At this marae, custom dictates that men do the fai kōrero, the formal speeches. But after years of controversy, things are changing. Women are said to be given more speaking rights on the marae at the Waitangi Treaty Grounds. Speaking rights for women political leaders on marae may change at Waitangi next year. It is absolutely unacceptable that uh, people are treated differently based on their gender. I think it would be fantastic to give the ability of all leaders to be able to speak just as I have that privilege. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly, and today on The Detail, the debate over allowing women to speak at our national marae. It's a nonsense that women shouldn't be allowed to speak on this marae. This is a national marae, and Ngāpui just need to get a bit woke about women speaking on marae. Attitudes are changing about Waitangi. It's not a great change. It's not soul-destroying or even um, removing your necktie. (laughs) But uh, it is in some ways, adopting a new necktie. This debate is not just about women political leaders speaking on the marae. It's also about the speaking rights of Ngāpuhi women and about where on the marae they speak. And it's not new. Remember the controversy over Helen Clark. Outrage after Labour leader Helen Clark was stopped from speaking inside the Farinui. I am very firm about taking second place to men's games. Queer moved to comfort Helen Clark after she was physically threatened. That was 1998, and Titi Whai Harawera, who stopped her from speaking, said she was following protocol. And it wasn't a case about Helen at all. It was the way in which our men manipulate her and the way in which they ignore us as Māori women. It's starting to feel like a bit like deja vu. Shannon Honui-Thompson is RNZ's Māori strategy manager. She's worked at Waitangi Days. Between 20 and 15 times for work. Like you see, you feel like it's deja vu. Do you feel like it's made any progress, it's moved forward? Well, the Prime Minister, who's now, who is female, now speaks, and that's what we've forgotten, I suppose, that you know, a lot of progress was made when she first spoke. She first spoke in 2018 on the Maho or porch. From my understanding, she's not the first woman to ever speak on that marae. We have been told of stories that Dame Fina Cooper spoke there once before, dressed um, Sir Apiranga Ngata. And also, let's not forget last year, Mary Mangu, who was then the chair of Te Runanga Ngāpuhi, also stood and spoke. So, And that is actually interesting, you, you mentioned Mary Mangu, because when she stood up, she broke with kawa or protocol, welcomed the politicians. <laughs> and then challenge the rules about women speaking on the marae. Totally. And the male taumata, the front row of speakers, tried to make her sit down. Yep. I was sitting right there when that happened, so she just kept on speaking.
And her reason for sp- standing up and speaking is that her speaker, that was you know the the man that was there to speak on her behalf, uh, wasn't given the time to be able to do that. So she took the opportunity, and I think from a Maori wahine's perspective, it was pretty ballsy. It was amazing. I felt very um, privileged to be there and actually witness that. So, but yep, a lot of the paipai were telling her, asking her to sit down because she. She clearly obviously knows what the kawa is, what the tikanga of that particular pōhiri process is, and she just chose to ignore it. But sometimes I feel, as a Māori woman, that's the only way things change sometimes. When you challenge your own tikanga, yeah, well, you can challenge your own tikanga, that's when change is made. But I remember when Jacinda Ardern, when it was first made public that she was going to have an opportunity to speak, albeit from the maho of the whareanui, which is considered a safe space for a female to speak from. There were um, murmurings as to why was she given preference over, you know, Māori women from that particular rohe, from that particular iwi at the time. So this isn't a new discussion, and I don't think it's going to go away. Also interesting was Rupeka Evans, who was speaking on RNZ's Waitangi Day programme on Saturday. We just need to get a bit woke about women speaking on marae. You know, I'm not going to argue the toss about it. It's one of those non-negotiables. She also says it's become very distorted by colonisation. A lot of this tikanga, this uh, colonised idea of women not being able to speak on the marae is very, has become very distorted by colonisation. And I think a lot of our men are bought into it. It really is an 18th century idea. Anahamu and the women that signed the treaty, they damn well spoke, all right. They asserted authority. I mean, yeah, it just kind of beggars belief that men can still, you know, have their heads up their jacksy about this. Can we just look at, okay, just a reminder of what actually happens on the marae in terms of a formal occasion like this? Why was it okay for Jacinda Ardern to speak from the porch or the maho, but not from another position? So when you walk onto a marae, so the marae atea is actually the forecourt in front of the whare nui, and that's considered the space of te atua or Ngā Pākanga, or the God of War, Tumatauinga. And it's actually in terms of Te Ao Māori have the utmost respect for women. That's why men are put forward to speak to protect women and their, I suppose, childbearing properties, uh, because it's, uh, iwi survives on the fact that its female um, progeny or um, descendants are able to have babies mm. um, and continue on that line of whakapapa for that particular iwi hapu whānau. Mm. So because it's seen that men are dispensable, they always speak on that atea in terms of uh, protection, really, and it's it's a really beautiful kind of concept when I think of it like that. But the opportunity for a woman to speak is usually during the karanga, which is just as important, if not more important. I have never really seen a pōhiri held without a karanga. You probably would have to wait for ages or not even have one if uh, someone wasn't there to perform uh, a karanga. The karanga is the, is the call. Yeah. The, the women, and the women do the karanga, and that is when the, the guests first arrive. arrive. So that is just as as important role and from a 
wahine perspective, I would say more important role. If you're not looking through the whole process through a Māori lens like I do, I can see how it can be quite confusing because you truly have to believe in those atua, you know, Māori believe there are spirits involved in these processes that can physically harm you in some way. People that don't really believe those kind of concepts the, uh, yeah, or understand them extremely sceptical. Yeah. yeah. So so the women do the karanga, which is the beginning bit, the call, and then the men traditionally do the whaikōrero, yep. and they are sitting in front of the women as a, as a protection. So can we just go back to what happened this year? Because Jacinda Ardern was allowed to speak, but no other women leaders. Yep. From a Pākehā perspective, when the opposition leaders always given a chance to speak. They've never needed that chance in terms of speaking from the maho because they've never national haven't had a female leader in quite a while. And then I think that is something the National Trust discussed from my understanding, from what I heard when I was up there in Waitangi this year. And they didn't think, they thought in terms that they only have time really because these things are very time-managed as well. I think yeah. this is what people forget. That, you know, the Prime Minister and all the other political parties have very set timetables and they have other events that they need to go to. So it's not like they've got set aside three hours for the poor mm. So there, I think the National Trust just decided that, you know, we only have time for the PM. Marama Davidson told Judith Collins to butt out. She does not have the cultural expertise to be able to acknowledge that wahine Māori need to lead the discussion about what our roles are. I would have to agree. I feel sorry for my whanaunga in the north because they get put in the spotlight every year at Waitangi. How they decide to run their pōhiri is picked to pieces by, you know, people that don't really understand the pōhiri process, by their own whanaunga, by their, you know, uh, by their own iwi and hapu, but also by other iwi and hapu. So, you know, it's just one day of the year they're just put under intense scrutiny. You are Ngāpuhi, and you're a leader. How do you feel about that? OK, she is our Prime Minister, but they are saying, you know, that next year it could be the leader of the opposition who's a woman, if she's still the leader... Um, we'll be speaking, but, well, most Ngāpuhi women leaders haven't spoken. This is my own personal perspective. As a Māori woman, I just can't see the, why it was made such a big deal of, and I just can't see why we, it just couldn't have been so flexible. But also I have issues around not everyone can get up and do a speech or a fai court at all. Not everyone can do the karanga, just like not everyone can be a doctor, not everyone can be a dentist. You know, it's a real skill. So, you know, I'm not saying that I want to get up there and speak, but I know there's some really strong Māori wahine that should have been speaking on the pie years and years ago. Has there been a sort of, you know, a bit of pushing, a bit of nagging behind the scenes? Or? Oh, I, without doubt. I have a personal pet peeve is that... As a Māori woman, several times I've had to sit behind men that's speaking on my behalf and they can't even speak te reo Māori. So for me, that's another issue, you know, that, yes, OK, these politicians, or be them men, given the opportunity to speak on a marae, a lot of them speak in English. So for me, that's a real issue as well. So on the, on the one hand, you respect and you love the tradition yeah. of what happens on the marae and the protocols. But on the other hand, you're frustrated because you feel like there should have been more progress on this, more equality. Totally. And this is quite controversial, I suppose. And 
and something that's been talked about in Te Ao Māori for a while, you know, should it be only people that can speak in Te Ao Māori first? Mm. Because, you know, really the marae is the centrepiece of our tikanga and our culture and actually our real, our Te Reo Māori. It, 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 it was um, a no-brainer in, in many ways. What we had to do was to, to adjust the protocol to accommodate uh, what was very, very obvious. Tetai Tokoro elder and Tomata leader Waihuroi Shortland, he decides who will speak on behalf of Northern Māori for the political pōwhiri at Waitangi. He actually rebuked Mary Mangu when she spoke from the Tomata last year, but now he supports other women politicians speaking on the Maho next year. I spoke to him as he was driving from Kirikiri to a meeting in Hamilton. It was quite evident when you were looking up at the what we call the mahau of the whare, the, the veranda of the house, you could see what I took as the, the, the chosen leadership of our country. Um, and Waitangi, uh, in, in all of its guises, is, uh, is a meeting place of the nation. And it just seemed to me that you couldn't have parts of the nation whose voices were not being uh, heard and whose message and not be put, uh, except through another conduit. So it wasn't a very difficult call. And when I considered uh, our own protocols and the fact that uh, we've long since uh, established the right of the, of the Prime Minister to speak from the veranda, the Governor-General to speak from the veranda, and had the Chief Justice, who had been welcomed just before that lot, had chosen to, to, to present a message of her own, uh, she would have been allowed to speak from the veranda. Sometimes with these things, you can't sort of change it on the hop and then, uh, and, 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 and then make it work immediately. I think it's a good, it was a good opportunity to address it and then say to people, we've got a year to adjust ourselves. There's still a bit of uh, debate that, that, that may occur, and not, not in terms of, of opening it up to the leaders of our of our nation, but in terms of how Ngāpuhi itself will address its own women, uh, in in terms of this this protocol, which in in some people's eyes may have said, oh, you men have opened it up to some women who are who are Pākehā, So what protocol have you made for us? So are you saying that? Women have always been allowed to speak inside the house, inside the whare. Is it? Is that right? In Ngāpuhi protocols, yes. Okay, but not on the veranda. The, the not, speak- no, not on not on the marae ate, on the courtyard itself. Mm. So why? Because mm. there, there's a differentiation of the domains. Yes, and and I understand it's to do with the protection of the women. The men sit in front of the women, and they and they speak because they need to protect the women. Well, it's not so much the it's the protection of what we call the tapu of women. It's not it's not shielding them from anything else. They 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 hold a what what is 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 is, is basically referred to as the sacred role of being the procurers of life. No woman needs their words to be protected, um, and as well we know in any culture, all we've afforded is a, is a forum in which they can be allowed uh, within the confines of, of what we have to give a, a voice 
through their respective roles. So it wasn't a matter of saying we're doing this for Judith and the National Party. It's a matter of looking at it and saying we're doing this because this is the forum that we, we have created for the political leaders of our nation to front up on Waitangi Day. So you don't think at the mo- the way things are at the moment, it's not sexism, it's tikanga? Oh, absolutely. I think she, uh, that was the part that Judith got absolutely wrong when she referred to it as sexism. And, and, and so I say to, to her, the National Party, and anybody else, you've got a year to get your game in order, to understand the protocol, to know what we're setting here, and, and, and to, to take your place. Now, in the next year, who knows what National will do with its leadership? But our protocols can't be changed willy-nilly just because I we're trying to accommodate something this year that next year mightn't apply to national. The leaderships may come and go, but the protocols we set, the only other bit I would say, this is not precedent setting for the rest of martyrdom. Mm. Many things are shifting in Waitangi, and so we've got to adjust. It's not a great change. It's not soul-destroying or even um, removing your necktie. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it is, in some ways, adopting a new necktie that accommodates what is very plain to see. The nation has chosen certain people to lead our political world. But do you feel, and do others uh, within Ngāpuhi feel, that this, this, in a way, threatens the tikanga or dilutes the tikanga? No, no well, uh, they, they, haven't, they haven't expressed it to me in, in, in that way. Um, after all, tikanga is, is a man-made thing, you know. There's only one fellow I knew of who made a tikanga and wrote it in stone. Tikanga has always been created to serve they were never created as a millstone, as a way of denying certain things. They were always created by people to serve the purpose of people. As you say, it's taking a while. I mean, this debate has been going on for a long time, and not only the debate of women political leaders being able to stand up and speak, but also wahini Māori in Napuhi to be able to stand up and speak. So why has it taken so long? Yeah, I, I, my thing about that is probably poor leadership, at the time, look, I, I cast my mind back to the Helen Clark um, debacle. Mm. And that debacle you can put right at the feet of her Maori advisors at the time. They were the ones who led her into that quagmire. They were the ones who had her vowing never to return to Waitangi. It's not, it wasn't the North's fault. It wasn't uh, Titifai Harawira and the others who... who who, who voiced strong opinions on that day. It was the people who were supposed to have been taking care of Helen Clark who messed up. It's only been of, I'm, I'm saying the last sort of five years when uh, the trustees of the Waitangi Trust Board began to make some adjustments because the circumstances that presented themselves. 
and uh, and and all we've done now is is widen it and build on it. That board they can't easily dismiss it, but it's still their call to make. What I would like to see is that Zawahine Māori being able to welcome the Prime Minister. This will probably be quite controversial. I'll get a few texts about this one, but like, you know, Mere Mangu standing to welcome the Prime Minister. Wahine to Wahine. I've got no doubt that's an issue that we're going to have to now address within Ngāpuhi. How do we accommodate that? My general feeling is they will speak from the veranda of the house. Not from the, not on the forecourt. Okay. Because that part of the protocol will will remain because because there are distinct domains, and and I've already had indications from some of the the leading um, matriarchs of of Napuhi that they don't want to be stepping down the Malai uh, courtyard, but. Uh, if, if, if afforded the opportunity to speak from the veranda, why wouldn't they? It'll never happen that they will speak on the forecourt. No, because th- th- those are domains that have been pretty much set. It's, it's, it's not a matter of sexism or whatever. They both have roles. Uh, the karanga role, you know, one, there was a time in Māori then when you could say a lot within the karanga within the porphyry that goes out across the marae. It's a way of in indicating to your visitors, I've got these things on my mind. I hope you're ready to address them when you come on, mm. as you're coming on. So, And that's an art form in itself, very much the same as Pai Kōrero is an art form. So are you saying that women will always do the karanga and men will always do the whaikōrero on the forecourt? Until there's a major, a real major change in our roles, yes. Now, one, one Ngāpuhi woman of recent times, uh, well, since, since, since the weekend, phoned me and said, whenever women want to take up grave digging, then they might assert themselves uh, to do what the men do. Mm. Now, okay. you can take that whichever way you like. Um, but uh, that was one leading Ngāpuhi woman's expression to me. And they said, and she added to that by saying, and if I'm ever present and a woman steps down onto the forecourt, you can expect me to step out and drag them off. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Shannon Honui Thompson and Waihuroi Shortland. Kakite Anno.